It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 182, entitled Herkel Durkling. It was recorded on Monday, the 11th of October, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'm joined as always by some fabulous guests. This week, we've got Dan Maybe and Bob Don. There's a load of stuff to talk about, as there always is. The first thing is the brand new Hero Press Network. There's loads of new stuff happening over there. They've got their podcast initiative. They've got the Find WP initiative. And we're here to discuss all about that. Then we move on to, well, a bit of a flame war piece, a sponsored hit, if you like, over on the next web. Nice to get into some politics once in a while. We talk about WordCamp US, which was online over the last week, and then the release cycle for the default theme in WordPress is going to become probably quicker. The Page Builder Summit is coming up. I'm hosting it with Anshin LaRue, so we have a little bit of a discussion about that and a look at the schedule. A new block injector plugin has come around from Jamie Marsland, and it could help you if you wish to put blocks inside your content all over your website. We then talk about a new activity log plugin, as well as Ghost Inspector, which enables you to perform tests on your WordPress website. And then towards the end, Project Hoddle has been bought by Brainstorm Force and loads of problems over on the Facebook side of things, should we give up our Facebook accounts. And finally, let's finish it off with a discussion about a new federated publishing platform called Mirror. And last but by no means least, Cloudflare making things an awful lot cheaper on the web. And Herkel Dirkling. Find out what that means. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress was brought to you by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. Go check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello, hello, good evening, good afternoon, good good morning, in the case of Bob. Um, WP Builds, episode number one. Oh, I think it says 181. I think it's 182. If it says 181 and it's actually 182, I will certainly correct it. I'm joined, as always, by a couple of guests. Tear comes to my eye, no longer Paul Lacey each and every week, but I've uh, I found very high-quality replacements this week. I'm joined, first of all, by Dan Maybe. You've probably heard of Dan Maybe in various places, but uh, how are you doing, Dan? Yeah, very good, very good. Thank you. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to come and have a chat with you here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Dan, I'm going to do the official reading out the uh, the things that Paul Lacey used to do. Dan is the founder of Big Orange Heart and WordFest Live. You can see it over his forehead. He's an agency owner, WPLDN lead, uh, and he's also passionate about community events with 15 years focusing on WordPress. I would, uh, I'm going to add some more to that, Dan, but uh, you might want to plug your ears. Dan, Dan does more for the WordPress community than just about anybody I know, and and most of it he doesn't announce particularly. And uh, so, bravo, Dan. Thank you very much for all that you do. That was a very, uh, that was a very pithy uh, version of everything. WPLDN, what does that stand for? At the WordPress London Meetup. 
Okay. So he's with us here this week, along with the <laughs> the ever so early riser. It's Bob Don all the way from California. Is it California? Washington. Okay, Washington. Same side, but different yeah. state. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Bob's <laughs> Bob's gone super pithy on the introduction. Bob says he's a podcaster and connector at Do the Woo. It, give us more. What's Do the yeah. Woo? Tell us all about it. Yeah, it's um something I've been. It's, it's actually just turned a year, and I'm in the middle of a rebuild and a rebrand on it, which I was hoping to have by this episode, but I don't. But it's a um, it's a site built to elevate the WooCommerce builder community. So I I get a lot of smart people on there talking via posts, podcasts, and my my job is to kind of help support them, educate them, get them connected. And uh, yeah, kind of a, a little bit of a niche of the WordPress community, but really it's, you know, it's kind of all good because it's just sits on top of WordPress. So the community sits on top of the WordPress community. <laughs> why did you, why all, all the years ago that you made it just WooCommerce? Why? Oh, man, what was the catalyst? You know, the pivotal point probably was when I was doing Bob WP and I was doing tutorials for a gazillion years. It, I, I decided to start doing focus on WooCommerce because it was becoming more, you know, it's something I had done myself. So I decided, okay, why don't I start writing more tutorials on WooCommerce? Because actually I was monetizing my site through a lot of affiliates and stuff like that. And people were more willing to pay money and it just, okay, I'll just focus on that more and more. And it just organically evolved over a period of time where I, you know, okay, I'm writing all WooCommerce stuff. I'm sick of writing tutorials. If I have to do it again, put my head in the vice and squeeze it, please, and just tell me no more tutorials. So I was done with that. And I said, you know, I got to get back into some kind of community type thing. I mean, I've always been involved, but I never really, the site never reflected kind of that community connection. So I just, yeah, I thought, well, you know, I've got this podcast I've been doing for a few years around WooCommerce. Why don't I just take from that and build out? And of course, that's when I tell myself to do that. It's like a gazillion ideas come and that's how it kind of matured to where it is now. It's um I've got to say, Bob, it's been it's been wonderful actually to watch your your transition from you know from those tutorials at you know the Bob WP uh, days through to, to where to, you know to where this is going now with with do the woo. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. The um well, thank you both of you for coming on today. It's really appreciated, especially as, as it's six o'clock in the morning where Bob is um, here. It's the you know it's the it's two o'clock in the afternoon. We didn't have to do anything special for me and Dan, but Bob's managed to get up particularly early, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, we so you, um, you catch me at the best time. My voice is too. So yeah. ah yes, yeah. So yeah. That, that, you worn out by the end of the day. <laughs> you have a you have a particularly good voice as well. Uh, I'm sure you know many people comment on your voice, and it's uh, well anyway. It's ni- nice to have you with us. The um, the for, for reasons that I can't quite understand, the Facebook comment, sorry, the YouTube comments over at the website weren't working. So I've just whilst Bob was talking, I just went in and did a little bit of a fix. So if you if you just want to refresh the page, it might bring it back live. Um, but if you're over in the Facebook group. Come and say hi. We always like it if you make any comments. If you're on the Facebook side of things, then you do need to let them know that uh, that you're willing to to be un- de-anonymized 
Otherwise, Facebook won't know. And every single week we get people dropping in and it just says Facebook user. That's fine if you want to do it that way. But if you would like to give us your avatar and your name, then you'll need to go, as it says on the screen, chat.restream.io forward slash FB and click, I guess it's a blue confirm button or something like that, and it will allow that to happen. Uh, feel, feel free to drop any questions in or comments usually, not questions, but um, we'll we'll kick off today. We've got a load of, loads and loads of stuff happening this week, as there is pretty much every week. So I'll share my screen. Just first thing to say, um, oh, that's not the right <laughs> sign-up form. Crikey. <laughs> on, the, uh, on the website, there is a great big blue rectangle. That shouldn't be there. There you go. That's something I've got to fix when this call's finished. But this is our website, wpbuilds.com, where we produce a podcast on a Thursday, and then we push this episode out. Uh, we repurpose it, make it into a sort of podcast episode. That comes out on a Tuesday. But where that great blue form is, hopefully you don't see the blue form. You see something a little bit more streamlined than that. But if you want to keep Keep in touch with what we do. Go and fill that out. And uh, we'll send you an email twice a week just to let you know when we've made new content. But that's not the point of today. This is the point of today. Let's crack on with the WordPress news. Um, friend of the podcast and somebody who I've been in touch with a little bit lately, um, Topher DeRosia and Kate DeRosia, they've, they've got a new initiative. In fact, they've got a whole multitude of initiatives going on at the moment, and this is the, the most recent one. You may or may not have heard of HeroPress before, but HeroPress is a website which has been going, I think I read six years. It was either five or six years. It was something around that amount of time. And uh, Topher and Kate have been producing pieces featuring members members of the WordPress community and writing up their stories. And it's really a cool thing, but they're, they're straying into other territory. Um, if I can slide down a little bit, you might be able to see what it is that they're hoping to do. Yeah, here we go. Mm -hmm. So they've got Hero Press. They've got the podcast Hallway Chats. Very recently, they launched WP Podcasts, which... Um, Bob, I'm sure, is on, and I am on. It's like an, an amalgamated. Um, if you're basically, if you're into WordPress and you like listening to podcasts, then go to WP Podcasts, and it will serialize all the podcasts from all the people as they come out. It's really nice. But they're also going into to produce something soon called Find It WP. And it, they're, they're sort of, because now they've got all these distinct properties, they've decided they're going to hook it into this one place. And so the thing to bookmark is heropressnetwork.com. I'll say it again, heropressnetwork.com. And that will kind of keep you up to date on all the things. Previously, um, Topher and Kate ran Hero Press as a, a not-for-profit, I believe. But this time around, because of the, the workload involved and what have you, they are actually on the lookout for sponsorships to offset some of the, the costs in time and energy and, you know, general tooling that they need to buy. So it's here for development costs, operating costs, a salary, and also in the future, hopefully, to be able to travel to WordPress events and so on. So I'm raising the awareness of this because I want you to know about it. But equally, I want you, if you've got... Uh, if you've got your hand on the purse strings of some sponsorship money, this might be a, an absolutely fabulous place to make it land. Any thoughts on this? Should we start with Dan? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got uh, bucket loads of love and respect for the full DeRosia family. I mean, Kate, Topher, uh, just across the board, they've been absolutely wonderful people to have within our community. But I just want to highlight on that page their, um, their what, uh, Kate 
goes into the, the what of the HeroPress network. Uh, I just want to read it. The HeroPress network is a system of resources that work together to help the global WordPress community build relationships and advance their skills by creating simpler, more equitable ways to access information and resources. I thought just what a wonderful a wonderful mission, a wonderful thing that they're uh, they're doing here. So, uh, big big shout out to them. I believe it's the twenty fourth of October. They're opening up uh, opportunities uh, to um, uh, work with funders. Yeah, it says here. Um, one last note: the Heropress Network is being run as an as a for profit. Uh, to do this, we'll be opening fun- funding from twenty fourth. You're right, twenty fourth of October, twenty twenty one. Yep. Uh, what about you, Bob? Um, I can echo everything Dan said, basically. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know the Topher family or the DeRosio family, I should say very well. Uh, I've been on numerous calls with Kate over the last 12 months talking about this. We, we shared a lot of, um, battle scars and, uh, ideas and stuff. And yeah, it, it's an amazing thing. It's, I, I kind of knew it was coming, but I, um, I am so glad to see it finally because they put a lot of a lot of time and efforts into this, and it's it's exciting to see where it goes. And I, yeah, I think they have some really cool ideas here. To you know, I, I, I the podcast thing is great, and uh, the where they'll be putting all the um, you know the find it. Well, I can't remember exactly what it was called. Uh, find it WP. I think yeah, it that's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting to see how that plays out. And yeah, I, I'm just I'm excited for them. See where it goes. Find it, WP. The website's already up, even though, to, as it says on the page, it says coming soon. It says curated list of everything WordPress. So every podcast, email newsletter, training site, development agency, theme shop, plugin shop, everything. Um, yeah, that's pretty. That's a quite a tall order, isn't it? They're going to have a lot of work. <laughs> I'm going to start a new website each week. I'm going to spin it up in local and just write a couple of words. I <laughs> have to keep up with that. No, it's lovely. And I, I think they, they've spent a very long time building up a fabulous reputation for how to describe it, sort of doing the right thing and being there and being, I think I described it previously as relentlessly awesome, something like that. And, um, and now it would be really nice if, like I said, anybody who has their hands on the purse strings who is able to contribute. I don't know what level they're looking at. Maybe if Topher drops in the comments at any point, or Kate, then uh, you could let us know whether it's corporate or smaller or what the packages are. Maybe there's no thought in that just yet. But anyway, there we go. There's our first piece for this week. Hero Press. Sorry, HeroPressNetwork.com uh, for the future. Okay, great. All right, let's crack on. This, <laughs> yeah, you got to have a bit of politics, haven't you? It's important to uh, to have a bit of mudslinging and uh, controversy each and every <laughs> each and every week. And this week we've got a piece written by Justin Tadlock. He's uh, something I think was was you know maybe there's a few pieces like this that never kind of hit the hit the WP tavern, but this week he's decided he wanted to to share something and the. Piece is entitled "The Next Web Publishes Story Blocks Sponsored Hit Piece on WordPress," and this was published on the fourth of October, twenty twenty one. If you want to go and find it, it's quite a lot of comments. Twenty people commented on it, which is really rather a lot. And it's just basically to raise the fact that um, there was a an, an interview, which was well, a piece which was written on the Next Web, which is a which is a publication I used to visit all the time, but I actually can't remember the last time I went there. I don't know why I'm that exactly is. It's what? I'm exactly the same. Yeah, okay. 
That's and curious. to be honest, this has done a lot of damage for me, you know, reputational wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, both across the, the company that has you know, sponsored this piece. Um, yeah. And essentially, this is just a sponsored ad. I mean, it's yeah. A- well, that's what it feels like because the they, they wrote a piece all about why developers hate WordPress. Um, and they, they mentioned various statistics about the amount of hate. And 67% is the amount of hate, apparently. <laughs> so, okay, there you go. 67% of people polled um, hate WordPress and developers in general. I think it was done over on Stack Overflow, which, to be mm-hmm. fair, is quite an interesting statistic. It would be curious to get to the bottom of why that is. Um, but then it turns out, if you read a little bit deeper, it would appear that some of the people who are uh, interviewed uh, in the piece are also kind of behind relationships um, sponsoring the piece as well. So maybe there's a little bit more to it than that. And uh, and I just thought it was curious. You know, it's nice to have a little bit, <laughs> nice have a little bit of politics <laughs> thrown in, in each and every week. So go and check this out. Um, I've got nothing more to say about it. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I don't have 67% hatred of WordPress. I think mine's quite a bit less, probably probably about the 2 or 3% currently. Occasionally when the, uh, the block editor doesn't save something, it, it rises considerably. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly it's in the in the low single digits. And uh, what do you guys think? Obviously, Dan, you've had your go. What about you, Bob? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I looked at it when I, it, somebody was spreading it, you know, around on Twitter, I think before this piece came out. And I went and kind of perused through it real quick. And I thought, okay, yeah, you know, this is, you know, what what network um am I on here? You know, it, it just yeah, it was it, it it's too bad they have to do it, but you know, it's it's the way it's gonna be. Yeah, what's really interesting for me is it gave Justin the 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 capacity to do some sleuthing, which I thought was quite nice. You know, he was able to actually go and do hang on a minute, something about this seems a bit fishy. And then he went off and did some journalism and uh, investigation and discovered that there were all these connections to be made. Yeah. Anyway, who knew that there was a whole bunch of people out there that dislike WordPress? Um, you know, I guess that's the way it's going to be. I like it. You like it. Bob likes it. Topher likes it. It's fine. <laughs> Let's just get on and, uh, and move just, on to that. Yeah, I just think we do need to be a bit careful around the integrity of this, don't we? I mean, there's an mm. issue with journalistic integrity, but also the people that are interviewed in this in this uh, so-called journalistic story, you know, were they aware of what they were being interviewed for? Were they aware of how it was going to be portrayed? And mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's trying yeah. to yeah, it was trying to compare you know, apples with oranges. To be honest, I mean, this is a it's all the, the company that delivers this is a headless CMS. With I think five hundred nine active installs. Um, if you look the at story the story block, right? That's the one. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that was quite interesting, wasn't it? The the number of well, Justin did a nice job in putting statistics on the one hand on the WordPress side and on the the sort of story block side. Dare anyway, I, there you dare go. I mentioned headphones. Anyone? Oh yeah, that was yeah that was Wix last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you get any headphones? Not, not, not they they tried to, you know, I blew them off on Twitter. It was really weird. And I didn't realize what was going on. I mean, Wix sent me a DM on Twitter and said, hey, we want to send you something for whatever. And I was like, what are you sending me? They said, well, we want your address. We want to send a little gift. It wouldn't tell me. And I said, ah, nah, I'll pass. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, we, it was either way when I started seeing them coming, but it was, it was interesting because I thought, okay, there's some little ploy behind there and whatever. So I guess you've got to do something 
these days to to shake um, WordPress from its perch. And, mm. you know, I guess maybe things like this do have a little bit of a reach. I can't say, like I said, I haven't been reading the next web for such a long time, but I did. It was really part of my suite of five or six non-WordPress specific things that I used to dip into. But I don't know why that dropped off my calendar because it was right in my feed reader. And uh, it was probably when Google killed it. Maybe that's what did it, and I had to start again. There we go. Right, okay, let's move on. Let's talk about WordPress actual things. The the WordPress community, we have WordCamps. They, oh, they happen in the real world when things are not all pandemic-y. Um, obviously, at the moment, nothing is happening. It hasn't been happening for over two years. Is that right, two years? It is two mm, years. Yeah, oh, yeah. Two years now, and so everything's online, but we uh, we hope at some point in the future we'll return to the real world. Anyway, last weekend, just a few days ago, in fact, WordCamp US was uh, was on. It was in an online capacity and looks to have been a real success in terms of the, the amount of attendees and what have you. Both Dan and I, Dan obviously working with WordFest and me with the, I'm going to get the right finger. No, I'm not going to get the wrong finger. The page builder, I know every time I just get it wrong every time. Um, the the page builder summit, we know what these numbers are like and 3,600 is pretty good, but 400 apparently sometimes concurrent sessions, which is really good. Getting 400 people into a space at, at any one time is pretty amazing. Just mm. comparing that to if you were actually attending a real live Word camp event and 400 people were sat in front of you that would be a that would be a terrifically big audience you'd be mightily happy with that don't know which sessions in particular i with regret was unable to attend anything largely because it was the weekend time for us but also because of the fact that i'm trying to get the page the wrong finger again the page will the <laughs> summit uh on how do i not remember that left, um and and so i missed all of it but Dan, let's let's flip over. Let's go to Bob. Did you did you attend any of this? Are you fed up with the old online stuff now? You know, I'm kind of burnt out at this mm. point. I, I popped in just um, to peruse around, and I was actually trying to find, but I thought there were a few chats going on, but I wasn't able to quite connect with them. I think I saw some people talking on Twitter about them, but um, yeah, other than that, yeah, I just popped into a couple of sessions real quick, and. You know, it's, I mean, they had some good speakers, some new speakers and stuff, but I, I didn't spend a lot of time in there. Again, I was kind of time constrained and I don't spend a lot of time on virtual conferences anymore. I'm, you know, I'm pretty picky and choosy when it comes to those, but um, I'm impressed with the numbers, you know, and I'm glad that they're, they're keeping it up. You know, at least there's some consistency going through. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I managed to attend a couple of sessions. Um, I do have some questions, though, and I, I, I've got yeah huge amount of respect for the entire organising team. And I appreciate this was organised in an incredibly short time period. I believe it was eight weeks from yo 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 from from concept to delivery, um, which is I mean that's a that's a massive undertaking um, to be honest. And yeah, I've got a couple of questions around that. You know, are we are we putting too much pressure on ourselves? You know, these these events aren't you know. They're quite a big ask in terms of delivery. And having delivered events myself, and Nathan, obviously you've gone through this as well, it takes a lot to bring this to a community. And I just I feel, are we are we asking too much of our community um, in the way that we're doing this at the moment? I mean, 
there's a few. I've got a few questions around that post specifically. I mean, I think that that figure three thousand six hundred, I believe it is. Yeah, those were the registered attendees. That doesn't necessarily reflect the number of people that are actually actually there. And I just wonder if that's a little bit misleading. And I also have a question. You've got a thirty thousand dollar budget that was spent on that event. I'd, I'd be really interested, and I'll, I'll connect with whoever I can to discuss where was that spent. What was that spent on? Because that's an incredibly high budget for what we can do as a community. And I'm saying this with the knowledge of delivering WordFest twice now, a 24-hour event, two tracks, you know, hundreds of people involved across the thing. And for me, that that it's about that kind of community focus. And if we can bring the community to, together to deliver the you know, an event into our community, which is really the focus that we have around WordFest, um, and I just wonder where thirty thousand dollars has been spent to yeah, deliver a, yeah. an eight-hour event. Curious, yeah, thirty thousand dollars. If anybody, do- I mean, obviously Kate will know because we should give her props once again. We were mentioning her a minute ago. She was what was her official title? WCUS organizer. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that she had the lion's share of things to decide and um, what have you. So maybe, maybe if Kate's around at some point, she could let Dan know. Dan at big orange heart dog. <laughs> Although I think you've probably got slightly quicker ways of getting in touch with Dan. But um, we'll do, the, I yeah. do fully appreciate it. it's a small team, and yeah, there's a lot. You know, there was a. I think it was a big ask. I think is really what I'm saying is the big kind of takeaway for this. Yes, and curiously, in this piece, which I should say is on WP Tavern, it's Sarah Gooding writing it. She did say that they had decided not to go with. Um, alternative platforms. So there's lots of platforms which you can get off the peg and they talk about a couple, what were they mentioning? One called Hotpin, one called Veertly. And I guess these are SaaS apps that you can purchase for a period of time. And they decided to stay away from that because it would have increased the cost significantly. They they say maybe even doubled it. Mm. So they went for a a more low-key approach. But obviously, in my case, sadly, being unable to attend, I can't, I can't, feedback as to what that was but did you say um bob that it was it was sort of broadcast live on youtube or was that dan some one mm. of you said that yeah i don't i i, I can't remember where how i got mm. to it you know okay. some link i found but yeah i and it was very low-key i mean you know they kept it tight it didn't have all the bells and whistles um sponsor booths and things like that you know i know you two can relate to both sponsor booths and chat rooms and stuff like that it's i i don't know how that you know really pays out in the end if you know there's um activity if there's enough activity to uh defend that kind of a cost or whatever. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of play. I, I find it real intriguing when I go to virtual, I sometimes go to them just cause I like to see how they have it set up and where people are hanging, what's doing. And I, I typically, you know, will drop in on almost anyone just to, just to check that out. But there's, it's just, yeah, there's so many challenges and I respect both of you and anybody that goes into virtual, you know, any kind of virtual event because it's it's a unique it's a unique baby for sure. Yeah, the especially during this time when everybody's you know been doing them so long. Yeah, I think it's curious, isn't it? So obviously, my history with actual WordCamp events was basically going to the London one and the Manchester one, and that was oh, and meetups. I think only a couple of times in Leeds. 
Um, so it was limited by geography. I did I, actually. I went with Dan. Dan took me along to the the one in Berlin in Europe, but it really is constrained largely for me by the geography and the ability to drive or get the train or what have you, or to be close by. And the 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 idea that because it's available online that you that you know the, the entire community would for example drop in on the WordCamp US one it's a it's a difficult one isn't it it's hard to us which is why obviously Dan's event is spread over 24 hours so that you you are sort of geographically close to it at some point during the day for the page builder summit oh the wrong hand again <laughs> That thing. I keep raising. The reason I'm saying this is I keep raising my hand because I've got a badge behind me which is showing the summit icon, but I can't seem to pick the right hand. The um, we we try to do ours earlier in the day, and then a, what the following day is a little bit later, so that it can accommodate everybody. But we we've just had to cope with the fact that both Anshin and I are only awake at certain hours of the day. But um, yeah, the geography limits it. And now because it's global, you kind of feel like oh, I should have gone to that. Whereas actually, in my case, not only was it at the wrong time of the week but but also um the timings didn't fit me and I, I think that's that's probably a reasonable excuse to say i didn't catch it this time i'm really sorry yeah yeah, I yeah. think there's a really important conversation within the community around the idea of continuation of virtual events within our space because of the fact that we've reduced barriers you know we've, we've you know there are no uh you know reduced costs you know if, if visas become an issue for traveling for example um you know, that's removed if we're talking about a virtual event and absolutely, we need to also be getting back to in-person, but just very aware that we can potentially deteriorate the experience of both if we try to focus on the both at the same time. So if we yeah. try and do the virtual whilst we're also doing the, you know, the physical, um, then I think there's a need to be, a need to, be to, to separate the two mm. uh, and get the best out of both, really. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe in the future we'll have these sort of hybrid events and there'll be more of that and you can attend, watch things live, but the, the focus, I suppose, will be on the, the people in the room and what have you. Just going to pause things for a moment and say, if you fancy stopping watching this for a moment and sharing out the URL, say that you're watching, get people to come in and join the conversation. We'd really appreciate that. WPBuilds.com forward slash live. Um, the chat hopefully will be working by now, even though the red buttons won't. Uh, I just simply haven't got the time at the minute to fix the red buttons because I'm doing this. <laughs> Next week, I'll make sure that they're working. But WPBuilds.com forward slash live. Uh, just tweet it out. Let people know what's going on. And uh, we've got a few people in. First one I'm going to mention is um, Marcus Burnett. Nice to have you on, Marcus. He, first of all, just says, hey, fellas, nice to, nice to have you with us at the start of the week. And then he goes on to talk specifically about WordCamp US. And he says, there were two tracks, good to know, maximum of 200, 200 concurrent attendees in each, I believe. They were both live streamed on YouTube. Okay, so that's maybe where we get the the figure of 400 from if they're two maxed out at 200. I wonder what happened to people who were the 200 and first or the 201th that's not a word <laughs> no they were still they were still able to attend it's oh, just okay. that, that's the figure that they hit because they were just oh i see okay that's where it maxed out it's not some sort of concurrent limit no no youtube wouldn't be quite the success it was if it could only have <laughs> maximum of 200 people watching something uh, okay and carrying on he says no booths this time but each track used the youtube built-in chat for conversations yes okay that's great thank you very much indeed and rick hi rick he's commenting on the previous article um he says it's like a mercedes mechanic if he work if he's if he likes working on a volkswagen okay thank you for that yeah greetings david nice to have you along for us like i said go and share let other people know that you're watching it and um we'll press on 
Next one is this. I find this quite interesting. This is to say that um, in the past, every so often, you get a little update to WordPress. And when the when the big update rolls around, once a year or something along those lines, we get a, a new WordPress default theme. I have to say, and I don't know what you guys are going to say to this, I never use the default WordPress theme. Uh, but I know it's an opportunity for them to showcase what's going on. But... I, I, it's very rare that I see the default theme showcased anywhere. Occasionally, you see it where somebody's just obviously dropped a blog post or something, and they just want to do it quickly, and there it is. Nevertheless, the the theory is that in the future, the default WordPress theme will be updated in a, in a much more swift manner. That is to say, it will come around more frequently. And the reasoning behind this, again, WP Tavern Sarah Gooding tells us that it's all to do with with the way that in the future these themes are going to be built. So we've got lovely modern things like blocks and block patterns and the theme JSON file, which kind of takes care of more or less everything for us. And so the idea would be, well, why not? Let's try and speed the the process up. And and so this is hopefully what's going to happen. There there isn't much more to say than that. But I for one would certainly welcome it coming around more often because I'm I'm not trying to be. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be incendiary or anything, but because I never use it, the most that I do really is when I install WordPress on a new uh, website or when it updates itself and dumps it in a website, I kind of go and have a look at it and go, oh, that's nice. Oh, I'll never use that. Um, but it will be nice to see, you know, more opportunities for people to to raise raise the, you know, basically speed things up a little bit. And also with the new capabilities, block patterns and things like that, hopefully it'll be much more modular and you'll be able to drop bits in that you quite like the look of. And maybe that'll be the purpose. Instead of it just being one theme which handles blog posts and a homepage, it'll be, I don't know, here's a here's a WooCommerce section, um, WooCommerce repeatable block or a block pattern. And here's a, a hero image pattern. And, and all of those kind of things will come in and maybe that'll make it more interesting. So with that in mind, shall I go to Dan first this time? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm very similar to you. Uh, you know, I you know, I don't use the default themes. I did in the in my early days and the early journey within WordPress was, and it, for me, it was about learning the th learning how to theme. I'd pull apart the default theme because I knew that was a good starting point. Um, you know, to to educate myself, to train myself uh, how to uh, how to write themes. But I'm one thing that I'm concerned again. I seem to have a lot of concerns today, <laughs> but I was just looking at the timeline of this, and the this is being built on um, uh, GitHub, so you can jump in and see what you know, see the progress, see what's going on. Uh, I believe the first commit was around, I think it was the thirtieth of September uh, this year. Yeah, and this is due to be delivered on the sixteenth of November. So yeah, clock's ticking. <laughs> I think we're forty-seven days. I think it is from initial commit to public release. So forty-seven days is. I mean that's that's an incredible timeline, um, an incredibly short timeline. And I just think about the the pressures that we're putting on ourselves as a community and as you know the teams that are taking on these responsibilities. I do wonder if again we need to just be thinking about how do we how do we spread that out? How do we space that out so you're not under such an incredible time pressure to deliver something that's really incredibly important? As you've just said, you may you know see it, you'll install it just to see what's going on within WordPress and WordPress theming. Uh, we're talking about hundreds of millions of websites that so this is obviously being delivered into. Is 47 days really enough time to uh, to make sure it's you know, fit for purpose? Mm. What about you, Bob? Any thoughts on that? 
you know, I, that makes a lot of sense, Dan, because, you know, I, 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 I go into make WordPress. I go into Slack. Just, I, I just like to see activity. I absolutely have no idea what they're talking about most of the time, but I like to see the involvement and kind of get a reflection on that. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, here's another thing, like let's push it out. Yeah. That would be a concern for sure. You know, and I, I see this as you were, I think you were kind of saying this down and maybe, probably the post is even saying it. it's almost like we have all these toys out the themes are doing so many changes in the future let's have a theme that kind of reflects all those changes and is our you know kind of our showcase here's what's going on with themes right now and this is the default theme i've never used it you know i know a lot of people that have um heavily customized it for one reason or another but uh yeah it it i understand why they're doing it you know it's but um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what comes out. But you know, one thing we don't need is any more rush added pressure, as as Dan suggested. Yeah, the I'm gonna just gonna pop the screen back on again because here's here's the quote in terms of theme.json and block patterns. It says innovations like so. I should I should add some context to this. Hold on. So this is and I am so sorry. I genuinely have no capacity to pronounce this name, but I'm going to try it. Uh, Jell Reigstad um, is the person who's making this comment, and and I don't want to butcher what their job is, but they are in some way responsible for this, um, for what's happening. They say innovations like theme.json, block templates, and blog block patterns are making theme development far simpler and providing new ways for users to customize their sites. There's reason to believe that the community can leverage all of this to build more frequent and diverse themes and customization solutions for our users in the coming years, which leads me to Cameron, Cameron Jones. Hello again, Cameron. Um, he he says, so as full site editing becomes more powerful and making themes less relevant, we get more default themes. It makes little sense to me. And I, I kind of get what you mean. I, yeah, it does, doesn't it? In a way, we're sort of encouraging, we're bringing on an, an era where the theme really is going to be doing less and less. In a sense, what's the point? It feels to me as if really what we want is a load of block patterns and headers and footers, header and footer builders and block patterns. But yeah, good point, Cameron. So um, I, I was leaning very much towards that same theory. And um, we had Anne McCarthy and, dare I mention his name on this show, Paul? Oh, <laughs> Paul Lacey. Paul, so Paul Lacey and, and Anne, McCarthy, Anne McCarthy came to join uh, Diane Wallace and myself at uh, the latest WPLDN to have a roundtable around full-site editing. And I was very much that same sort of opinion of, they, are they becoming less and less relevant? But actually, the way we were discussing it, the way Anne was presenting it to us, it made much more sense that they're becoming more relevant. They're becoming more important because of the you know, you're talking about block patterns. Well, the, Are we talking about styling towards that block right. pattern? How does that how do we manage that? And I guess there is there an argument that we're almost heading towards a, a universal theme. I mean, what does that look like? How does, you know, if we're having this default theme, should there be a universal theme as opposed to, an, you know, multiple default themes? And- I'm about to release a theme onto the repository. It's called the white screen of death theme. <laughs> and uh, and it's got a white background and white text. 
I'm going to uh, blue screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's going to be really popular. Speaking of Paul Lacey, he's cropped up in the comments. Look, I don't know how he dare <laughs> crawl back in here. <laughs> he says, hello. Well, I'm 35 minutes behind. I'll put it on 1.5 speed and see if I catch up. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd can't, be nice. You can't even turn up on time. I know. He can't, can't even be here on time for the show that he's decided to abandon. I'm going to keep milking that for everything it's worth. <laughs> it's great. But good point, Cameron. And I'm guessing that at some point it may be that the the theme is really just the sort of theme.json file with some sort of way to interact and just create some global headers. Sorry, not headers and footers, you know, theme styles, fonts and colors and all of that kind of thing. We'll have to see. But so, Dan, what was that piece called? Is that available publicly, the chat that you had with uh, Anne and Paul? Yeah, yeah, we did a round table at the last uh, WordPress London meetup. Uh, so that is available through uh, the Big Orange Hearts YouTube, um, and it's a, yeah, a 45, 50 minute conversation uh, between um, Anne, Paul, Diane Wallace, and myself uh, around uh, full site editing. If you drop the, if you can find the link for that, uh, Dan, and stick it in the private chat, I'll put it on the screen, and then Cameron can sort of uh, grab hold sure. of it, or you can drop it into the chat if you're on, uh, you know, Facebook or what have you. Sure. Up to you, whichever way you prefer to do it. Okay, in which case we'll move on. We're 45 minutes in, so that's just about perfect. So forgive the blatant self-promotion, but um, I'm going to blatantly self-promote because, you know, why not? The The Page Builder Summit is starting next week. We've got 37, I believe it is, people um, lined up now. It might even be more. I can't remember. But we've we've certainly got a, a full week of stuff lined up. It starts on next Monday. Um, we'll, we'll be doing a, a little bit of introductory work in our Facebook group just because that's the way we've decided to do it. We'll, we'll come to Facebook more a little bit later uh, and whether that's a good idea or not. But we're going to kick off the whole thing in the Facebook group just because it allows us to chat with each other and put stuff out live like we're doing now. And then it'll be a case of show up, go to the schedule page, which is at pagebuildersummit.com forward slash schedule. I'll show you that in just a second. And just cherry pick the ones that you like the look of. They are available for free if you want to check them out. They're available for 24 hours after they go live. So let's say something goes live at two o'clock in the afternoon UK time. It will be available for you to watch until two o'clock UK time the next day. And then we take it down and then we've got this little thing called the the power pack where if you wish to get access to all of the bits and pieces plus loads and loads of speaker bonuses, then you can access that by um, signing up. When you grab your free ticket, we'll give you an opportunity to purchase that. I'll just show you the schedule because you might be interested in seeing that. We've got loads and loads of excellent people on. So it's pageballersummit.com forward slash schedule. So you can see we've got Anne McCarthy. We've got Darren Moriali. We've got Michelle Frechette, Brian Gardner, um, Jennifer Bourne. Who else have we got? Corey Dodd, Laura Elizabeth, Martin Huntback, and Lindsay Cambridge, Joe Casabona, Birgit Paulie Hack, Candy Phelps, Jonathan and Jernigan, Chris Lubkirk, and the list goes on. Rob Stinson, Barner, Boxbound, Pete Everett, Shannon Matern, Natasha Kozad, David McCann, Jake Foll, Glenette Goodbread, oh, I'm running out of breath, Thomas Fanchin, Danielle Zarcaro, Chris Badgett, Mike Oliver, Laura Kamart. I don't know if you pronounce that as Kamart. There is an accent on it, and I'm not familiar with what that accent does. Lee Shadle, Erin Flynn, and then on the final day, oh, 
get my breath back. Benjamin Intel, and then there's Tran. And forgive me, Tran. I'm just not sure how to pronounce your name. So rather than destroy it, I'm going to just say Tran. Um, and then Arindo and Vito. Plus, there's all these lovely people who are coming back for a second time around. They're basically in what we call our vault sessions, and you get those um, for free. They run for the entire length of the summit. So there we go, pagebuildersummit.com. Go and check it out, and if you like the look of it, sign up and uh, join us. We'll be there Monday next week, about a little bit sort of this time, kicking it off, which leads me to tell you that we won't have a show next week because I simply can't do that. Um, and you know, unless Paul Lacey wants to come back and run it, but uh, yeah, well, (laughs) no, but uh, we'll we won't be doing the show next week, so hopefully that's all right. Okay, there we go, that's over. Promotion done. Here we go. This is an interesting piece. Jamie, who's been on this show, Jamie Marsland, who is behind Poodle Press. This is cool. This is a super simple, well, I say simple in the sense that the interface is super simple. And this is brilliant. It's a here's a five minute video of Jamie. It's called Block Injector, and essentially it allows you to create a block, and you can use any block that you wish to create that block. So you could, I don't know, put some generate blocks in, or you could put a cover block in, or WooCommerce type blocks in, and then you can tell your website, do you know what? I'd like to show this on every post who has a category of. I don't know, product or something like that. Um, and I'd like it to be the fourth block to appear. And it will just do all of that for you. So it's a really simple interface. You build in the familiar way in blocks. And then there's a couple of little block um, fields that you pick from. You'll be done in, in seconds. I think for me, I'm uh, this is a pretty much a certain buy for me. Mm-hmm. I should say there is a there is a cost. It's $49, as it says at the bottom. But I think for me, that's going to be money well spent because I, I inject all sorts of nonsense all over on our website, and this will be really good. Perfect case here of why blocks are cool. It's a plugin which chucks blocks all over your website. And just go and watch the video if you're not convinced and you're thinking, I don't get it. Why would I want that? It's got a lot of really cool uses. So I'll I'll put this one to Bob first, maybe. Um, yeah, I've known Jamie for quite a while. I love his products. Uh, I'm I'm like you, Nathan. It's you know I've, I I'm not using something like that now, but probably in the future I will. And if I do, this is like a no brainer because. And, and Nathan, be pre show. I know we were talking a little bit about some of the stuff. Add. You know, there's ad plugins out there, and there are, some of them are very convoluted, and they're so they make it like way too complicated to be able to enter. You know, just inject something somewhere, and you just want to make it global on your site. So, uh, yeah, and and the block thing that's like that's just an added huge bonus because you know with all the different blocks, it's, it's almost when I see something like that right away, I'm thinking, oh, how can I use it? I'll probably just create an idea just for I can buy it and use it because it's like one of those things that now that I have every block that I can possibly put somewhere and not look like I'm going crazy, you know, there's, there's some options there that I, I really like. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll be snagging it here soon just because of that reason. I think there's, it's one of those things when I buy plugins, a lot of times I don't have a need at the time, but I create needs and I yes. realize that now it's a lot easier and I can use this because, you know, before I kind of thought about that, but now 
how it's a um, something you know going to do for sure. So yeah. yeah, in my case, I've got a plugin which inserts. Uh, it, it, essentially, it's a bit of HTML, um, but it, it ends up being a, an ad. So, for example, on p blog posts, it will inject in the third paragraph. So it's a different sort of paradigm, but um, it will say third paragraph, inject that piece of HTML, which ends up looking like an ad. This will do exactly the same thing. Everything that I do on WP Builds that's not a template, so all the content is created in the block editor. Yeah, Actually, Beaver, also, Beaver Builder handles the Yeah, the and it does template. have a date, date timer on it too, I think you can yes. run it, which is really nice too because, yeah, you you know, how embarrassing is that when you have something up and it's over, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, but, somebody tells you. So, you know, there is some, yeah, it's, it's a really slick little... Um, plug-in for sure yeah so there's a from and to date so you know yeah. post sort of sure. scheduler basically and uh, you can expire things really neat really but but at the sky is the limit so the block could you know i'm describing That's something it. trivial like a little ad but if you so that an image really you just drag in an image block but um the sky is the limit it could be i don't know featured products or most recent blog posts or anything so jamie's just leaving it to other people to decide what to put in but he's built the structure to inject it wherever you want it so really cool nice dan you liking it i am i think a very very powerful tool i think this is the uh you know the direction that we're going with the block editor it's it's opening up some really interesting opportunities uh, going forward i saw a really nice one and i'm gonna credit rich tabor table i'm not 100 called show hide blocks and I'm pretty sure it's him. And that's a really nice one as well. Simple, simple, simple idea. Essentially, just show this block on this thing. So it could be a post category of whatever and hide it on other things. It's less, this is slightly different than you get to position it. So but it, similar, but maybe go and check that one out as well. But I should say, uh, let's put that back on the screen. This one is over at, okay, so it's, it seems that they don't have a website dedicated to this at the moment. You need to go to pootlepress, P-O-O-T-L-E-P-R-E-S-S dot com forward slash block dash injector. And it looks like it's $49 with a 14-day trial. So there you go. You can check that out and uh, see what you make of it. I'm loving it. I'm more or less certain to get this ASAP. Okie doke. Let's see if any comments are coming in. Oh, Heinrich. Heinrich's just popped in to say that he bought the power pack for the summit. With great power comes great expectations. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, it, it's, no, honestly, it's really good. I think you'll, if, you've got, if you've got any um, thoughts of sort of watching stuff over and over again. Here's a trick, Heinrich. Is if you do buy the power pack, you can watch everything before anybody else, and then you can come to the presentation and you can... You can take charge of the chat and ask the person who's doing that talk all your questions um, because you'll be fully armed with what it is that you need to ask. So there you go. There's a, there's a tip. Right, moving on, moving on, moving on. Let's go to this one. I, honestly, I've got nothing much to say about this, just that it crossed my radar this week. And when I see new stuff, even though in this case, this isn't something I'm going to be using anytime soon, it's nice to just raise things up and mention them. So this is over at Logtivity, L-O-G-T-I-V-I-T-Y dot I-O. And uh, it's branding itself as the, the new awesome activity log for WordPress. I, because these days I'm basically involved in building stuff largely for myself, not all that bothered too much about the logs, but um, 
if you've used WordPress websites and suddenly you've got clients on your back saying, well, how did this happen? How did, who put that there? <coughs> Something like this will do that for you. The intention being really it tracks everything that's done on your WordPress website, not just the usual stuff. Um, in fact, they, <laughs> excuse me for my coughing fit. They say that basically they'll log event tracking. Um, they'll give you instant alerts and they've got a customizable reporting dashboard. That's all I've got about this at the moment, but um, just thought I'd mention it. I can't remember who sent it in my direction, but just thought it was a nice tool. I don't suppose Dan and Dan and uh, Bob, you got anything about this? Maybe not. And I just think, I think another looks, looks like another interesting solution. I mean, mm -hmm. how many times have we heard from clients? Oh, it's it's broken. What did you do? We didn't do anything. It's that trying to resolve what's happened. And yeah, uh, in my case, it was always easy because it was always me. Yes, sorry about that. Um, yeah, that was me. Uh, I've I've logged myself as doing the, the the terrible thing. But the there's another one, isn't there? What's the what's the one by the WP Security? Is it WP Security WP audit log? log? Activity log. Yeah. yeah, that's the one I'm more familiar with. I I actually did a tutorial on it a while back, and again, I don't you know use it personally, but. I think it's, yeah, there's different, definitely value there. And especially even with large teams, just knowing what your team's doing constantly or being able to look back and see what changes are made. So, yeah, there's there's a there's a place for these things and for sure. And I know for WooCommerce sites, uh, oh. I'm not sure if this one, I think it probably integrates with WooCommerce. I know the other one does. But that's an important piece too is seeing you know, all these products, if you have, you know, 2000 products on there, you can be watching if somebody's switching out a photo or a, a price or anything or a description. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, good point. And we do, we sort of treat it in, well, we've been sort of jocular about it, sort of saying we're looking for things going astray. And it might not be that. It might literally be somebody making an, uh, you know, either an accidental error or you never know, it might be something malicious that's happened. Somebody's sort of gained access created a, an admin user and and it might be the perfect way to actually undo to the exact moment where things started to go astray and so it's not just about apportioning blame and pointing the finger and saying yeah. oi don't <laughs> upload those images it might more be oh okay this is where it started to go wrong at 5 32 on friday when nathan logged in yeah um, yeah <laughs> I, i've often thought you know for myself it might even be good because i forget most of the stuff i do i don't log yeah in. so yeah. you know it's like what did i do three days ago i know i did something and i think maybe i shouldn't have so yeah yeah perfect you know. for teams i would imagine especially <laughs> yeah. you know large agencies trying to keep a track of who's doing what and when it went wrong and whatnot anyway there we go just thought that was nice and in that kind of vein there's um again this is going to feel like i'm blowing my own trumpet i'm really not it just seemed to be the perfect way of uh surfacing it i did a podcast episode with um a guy called justin clem this week um, about a product that he's got called Ghost Inspector. And it similar kind of vein in that Ghost Inspector is um, is a, a service which enables you... Do you know what? Let me just click on the... must have a link. There we go. Ghost Inspector enables you to, to do all sorts of really complicated tracking on your website to make sure it's working. So rather than sort of keeping logs and then trying to figure out backwards where it went wrong... This is all about preventing things from going wrong. And, and one of the things that I think is really cool about this is that it'll fill in forms for you and then check the responses. 
So, for example, if you've got a contact form, typically you only know the contact form's gone, is stopped working when you get a disgruntled email from a client saying, I know that the contact form has stopped working when, to which you say, I have no idea. It could have been last year for all I know. This will actually fill out the forms and look to see if it's getting a response. It's quite clever how it all works. There's a ton more to it than that. It does the typical kind of, you know, comparing. Here's a here's an image from five o'clock and here's an image from yesterday at five o'clock. They're no different. Everything's tickety-boo. Um, oh, there's one, Bob. We must write yeah, that one. Tickety-boo. We'll come to that later. Um, anyway, it does all these really complicated things. And again, the sort of same thing. It's a, it's a bit like an insurance policy, like the Logtivity was that we looked at earlier. It's called Ghost Inspector. Might be worth checking out. My understanding is that it probably will cope with more than just WordPress, but I don't actually know. But um, anyway, there you go. Dan, anything? Bob, anything? I thought this looked like a really interesting solution, actually. The, mm. the way of packaging up, delivering a SaaS solution for your automated testing, because automated testing can be hard, <laughs> can be very complicated. Um, so, I, I, to be honest, I hadn't come across this in, if, uh, until you shared the link with me. So oh, nice. Well, you, you install a browser extension. So in my case, I'm using Brave, but, you, you know, it's the same thing as Chrome, essentially. And then you just click play on the Chrome extension and then you just go around the website doing things and it will record everything that you're doing. So you might go and fill out the form or you might go and uh, go through a checkout process and it will just, he explains in the podcast how it all works, not to any incredible degree, but he explains roughly how it works. And, um, and so it's, you know, it's going up and down the DOM and checking what this element's called and what the class name is for this that and the other thing and, and recording it all and then and then every day week month however often you ask it to do it it will go and try and replicate that exact same set of instructions and for me it feels like woocommerce is the perfect thing for this because you know if your checkout stops working or if that upsell button no longer upsells anything or i don't know just just imagine the things that you could be getting wrong with a WooCommerce store. And obviously, there's a direct economic consequence to that. This seems like a really nice solution for it. You should get him on, Bob. He's called Justin Clem. He was a very, very nice guy. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Yeah, mm. yeah okay. interesting stuff. Mm. Yeah, okay. Let's move on. We I don't think we had any acquisition news last week, which was the first time in months. <laughs> but we have. We have some this week. Um, mm. I've spoken to Andre Gagnon many times on the podcast. I think he's been on the podcast twice, and then I think I've done a couple of webinars with him. Really, really nice chap. And uh, for the longest time, he he was in the WordPress space with Project Hoddle. That was what he did. And he brought it from, from you know, it came out of his head and he created it. And it's a, a tool so that you can um, essentially get clients to give you feedback on your website. So you, you, you have it on a third, on a separate WordPress install, and then you sort of go and drop a bit of code into your client websites, and it enables them to make commentary on, so for example, if they didn't like the font that you were using on the title of a page, they can just click on it, make a comment, do a screenshot, all of those kind of things. Very similar to what... Um, WP Feedback, which then became Atterim, sort of really similar, but different companies. And um, and Andre, Andre's, he's this week decided it's um, time to do other things, and he sold it to to Brainstorm Force, who I'm sure you've heard of. They do all sorts of things, probably most famously 
um, the Astra theme. So here we go, more consolidation. I'll hand it over to you guys. I think it, it, we're in a really interesting time, aren't we? I mean, this, mm. this evolution of the WordPress space. It's um, I, I've, I'd used Project Huddle before. I've also used Brainstorm Force products. Um, really interesting to see where this where they take this. Um, the the the, the um, yeah, that, that transition that we're seeing in our space at the moment, if you look at the likes of, for example, Stellar WP, you know, the, the, the acquisitions that have gone on there to create uh, an end-to-end -end solution, essentially, if you, you know, we're bringing together a bunch of tools that make sense for our particular niche of a, of a client base. Um, so, yeah, really interesting to see this uh, taking, taking place. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what the perfect thing that they've already got is. And I just wonder if it's going to be some sort of thing that they upsell through Astra or something like that, because I, I couldn't find the product that they already sell, which was the perfect bolt-on to this. But, yeah, I mean, big, biggish WordPress company, lots of, you know, they're used to handling support requests and used to pushing out updates. They do say, as you would imagine, they always say this. In fact, I've never come across a plugin that's been sold where this wasn't the mantra to to, to drop your current licenses, including lifetime and access to Project Huddle, will not change. For the foreseeable time, Project Huddle's pricing will remain the same and you will get regular updates and support. And then, you know, again, the usual stuff, but things are going to get better, um, hopefully with more eyeballs, because my understanding was that Andre was doing a lot of this um, himself. And now he's got things like Presto Player to to divert his time. So maybe it was um, maybe it was time to move on. Sorry, Bob, I totally oh. cut you off there. No, I, I you didn't cut me off at all. You know, I, I absolutely have really nothing to add. Um, yeah, just with all the acquisitions, you know, it's uh, yeah. I, I'm just wondering. You know, it's given it us to something to talk about on all these shows that's keeping us busy that's for sure i guess when when i'm positive side of it I, I i just wonder when it will become the norm you know when we start oh yeah it's just happening and you know i i come from the you know the world of business outside of wordpress and i've said myself you know this is something i've seen forever and now it's kind of starting to happen in the wordpress space and yeah there's there's a lot of talk around it i i take it with a grain of salt i see the opportunities i love that you know people can build these incredible products and actually find people interested in paying some money for them and that's you know kudos to them and yeah we'll just see how it all plays out and when it becomes the norm i'm i'm gonna kind of I'm timing that to when, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's no more the big news, but we'll see. The The thing that I'm finding quite curious is prior to a couple of weeks ago, I'm just rewinding my brain. I could be wrong about this, but it felt like almost every acquisition was being done by a hosting company. So um, Liquid Web, Nexus, GoDaddy, um, all of those, you know, they were very large companies with enormous revenue i would have thought each and every year and uh, so they were buying them up but then a couple of weeks ago we got awesome motive which is a plug-in you know a plug-in company buying out another plug-in and then this time around brainstorm force which is a, another basically a plug-in company theme company plug-in company uh doing the same thing so it, it almost feels like the uh, dare i say smaller the smaller businesses are now starting to eat up the other perhaps even smaller ones which it feels like a little bit new. Obviously, people like Brainstorm Force probably want to not compete in the hosting space at any point soon, I wouldn't have imagined, but they, they want to swell out their offering. 
and uh, you you wonder. We had curious conversation last week where people were speaking of awesome motive and they were just wondering alex denning wrote a piece about the, the marketing power of awesome motive and the fact that as soon as they buy up one product it makes everything that they've got better you wonder if the same thing will be true over here upsells in astra you know you've got an astra license get 30 percent off or something there's an idea brainstorm force it uh, mm. you heard it here first all right, Nathan. The next thing will be a podcaster buys a plug-in, then we'll figure that one out. Darn, damn! I bet it'll I be you know. as well. No, gonna, yeah, yeah, you can buy you can buy my um, white screen of death theme if you yeah. like. I'll sell yeah, it to I'll you for, that, for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dollar store. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, a couple of comments. That's really nice. Um, oh, some more about the. Thank you for Chris Hughes and um, also for Rick for nice comments about buying the the Page Builder Summit things. That's really nice of you to say. Um, and Rob Cairns talking about Ghost Inspector, I think, saying he loves the idea of solutions like that. And also uh, Rob dropping in again saying he, he thinks it kind of is becoming the norm now, Bob. Yeah, Cairns. it is. It's it's leveling out, you know. Mm, it'll, yeah. it'll become a side side post you know that's right yeah. yeah yes yeah it won't even feature just be this week's acquisitions feature from da 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 da, da. right moving on yeah. and so let's move on right we're out of the wordpress side of things but 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 i'm curious to know before we talk about this article who was both of you were you affected by the facebook outage last week did it did it affect grind your gears have any impact on your life whatsoever no, no. i'm Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. None. I've, I've uninstalled Facebook from my phone. I've pretty much short of deactivating my account. Um, I'm just not making use of their tools at the moment. And that's mm. not been necessarily a, a kind of a dedicated conscious decision. I've just over the over the, you know, the last couple of years, it's just drifted away from me. Yep. Yep. What about you, Bob? I deactivated my business and personal profile um several months ago so i mean again i i can't you know i'm not trying to sound cocky or anything but yeah it it was like you know it was a blip in my screen just because i'm not on there anymore it's really interesting it had minimal effect on me but i'm really interested that both of you have taken steps to really cut back on it i'm the same but i haven't i haven't cut the cord yet because as an example the the Facebook group that we have for this podcast is it's a nice place to be. It's got two nearly getting close to three thousand people in there, and it's really nice. It's it's polite and civil, and the commentary it's not overwhelming. You know, there's not like hundreds a day. There's a, a few, maybe half a dozen or more questions posed each week, so it's fairly low key. And for that reason alone, I stick around on Facebook. But I've I've installed mechanisms to stop Facebook getting in my way. So my Facebook feed, with the help of a Chrome extension, I'm going to say, it just doesn't exist. It, there's absolutely nothing there to see. And I've also container, I was saying to you, Dan, the other day, wasn't I? I've contained the cookies of Facebook. Uh, it's only open on this computer. It can't have been a Chrome extension. It must be on the, um, what's it called? Uh, Mozilla Firefox side. Got this, spoke about it the other day, this, this extension in Mozilla Firefox, which enables you to keep the cookies of Facebook inside Facebook's silo so they don't stray out and infect everything else. So I've, I've tried quite a lot to do the stepping away. And for me, I think that's a happy medium. But I was mm -hmm. surprised by the impact that it had 
like simple things like my kids communicate with my wife via um, what's it called WhatsApp, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there was no recognition that that would had broken, and so rather than sort of looking into the story anymore, my kids were sending messages and they just weren't getting delivered and they didn't think to pursue it in another way. So that sort of just had an impact. I speak to Anshan on Messenger Mm -hmm. to organize the summit. So that kind of dried up and we had to think of something else. But apparently it was pretty bad for quite a lot of people. You know, they've got their entire work force inside of Facebook. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I think the dependency, you know, it is. There's a lot of dependency on it. And they wrote um, on Post Status, David Bissett wrote something about, you know, we got to quit, keep saying, you know, own your own content and stuff. And I understand that. I I understand his, you know, because a lot of people, and I've been guilty of it too on in the WordPress space of saying, you know, you got to own your own content, you know, don't be on the third-party platform, but there's a lot of variables there. A lot of people can't afford it. There's, you know, geographical reasons. So we can't just blanket statement that, unfortunately. But yeah, it's, um, it's, there was, and there's a lot of people that, you know, I mean, you know, I cringe at it that they're depending on Facebook, but, you know, I, I'm not in their shoes. So I can't, I can't sit there and, you know, be almighty and say, Hey, you know, do it this way or, you know, take the highway or whatever. But yeah. And and for me, really, I left Facebook because of a more of a personal, I just was disgusted with the platform. I was disgusted with a lot of stuff that I just, you know, I didn't have a real active page. I was a little bit bummed. There was a couple groups that I couldn't access now. And, you know, obviously I can't access. And I understand that one piece, like you said, Nathan, there's one piece holding you there because that's something you build up and yeah, you can't just dump it and say, okay, everybody, we're going to move here or something and move on Slack or I don't know where, but you know, so there's, and, and I, again, I, when people ask me, you know, I'm not going around boasting about that left Facebook because for me, it was a more of a personal reason. And I just personally just didn't like what it stood for anymore. And I, I found myself complaining about it too much. And I thought, you know, why am I just complaining about it? I just need to take action. One day I just did it and said, time to move on. Yeah, pretty clear that we're probably not the, the three of us are probably not the perfect demographic, are we? Because no, we've, no. you know, we've got got a foot in the door of WordPress and all that that stands for. And so this piece on the tavern, which um, Sarah wrote all about um, it going down, more of a piece about, should we own our own content and what have you? And I, I do think that's true. I mean, obviously, you know, you own it until your hosting company goes down and then just like Facebook <laughs> going down, you, you're kind of doomed anyway. But it's less less that, um, more that you still do and you can download a copy of it and back yeah. it up each day yeah. and you can take it somewhere else. So, you know, there's going to be moments where it goes down. But just really curious that so many people throughout the world were genuinely unable to function in their workplace and communicate with people because they've become dependent upon it. Mm-hmm. I I know a lot of people who will say this exact same sentence and Dan and I actually now communicate well quite a lot on Slack but also on uh, an app called Signal which I think you can probably get it I think it's signal.org mm-hmm. um it's a it's a different approach to messaging that's all it does it does messaging it's you know there's no social network attached to it but I rather like that but also I um I have installed and I know Dan you weren't that f- 
that much of a fan of it. I've installed uh, this thing called Mastodon, which you can actually find it. If you go to wpbuilds.social, if you want to get involved, it's a bit like Twitter, but without the, but more confusing than Twitter because it's because it's federated. So don't go there if you don't want at least to scratch your head a couple of times because it is a bit strange how you set up your account and everything. Actually, it's not that hard. But um, Mastodon, you can go and just like you can with Facebook, you can go and install your own Mastodon instance on a server. And I'm imagining there's a bunch of opportunities to install that with one click on certain hosting companies. I'm not really sure, but um, it's it's great. I really like it, and we've got. 60 people over there and it's pretty thin the conversation is pretty thin on the ground but occasionally i drop in there and somebody's left me a comment so anyway there you go that's uh well i'm uh, I'm with robert's comment there about uh we we need to teach you twitter yeah i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna start a summit and there's gonna be 30 speakers and it's just gonna be for you (laughs) it's gonna be the nathan on twitter summit and we're all gonna have our parts and we're all gonna walk you through it and other people attend it fine but we're just going to each have a session to sit down with you and we're each going to take a different part and we're gonna have the nathan okay for context i literally don't get twitter (laughs) Uh, what i mean by that is like i get that it's a thing and it's really popular i don't understand how it works i i cannot get it into my head so over there is a screen with twitter on it one of them is tweet deck the other one is just twitter normal twitter twitter comes down tweet deck goes up so they're going in different directions for a start and like i don't know so on tweet deck replies are above the previous so you have to read the whole thing backwards um but also i don't get where things begin so i'll see a comment and it's got at wp builds in it and then i well where did that come from how did that get there? And then Dan showed me there's a little line in the top corner and you can scroll and follow. But that didn't help. <laughs> I still just don't get it. And I get completely lost. because uh, Right. Okay. Sorry. I've hijacked the show. Is it possible? Can tweets spawn other threads? So can one tweet go off in like multiple different directions mm-hmm. or does it always come back to that one tweet? Yes, you end up with conversations, a conversation off a tweet, but you can have multiple conversations off that single tweet. Yeah, you see, this is where I'm totally confused. But I don't um, think you're doing yourself any favours with TweetDeck. And oh, Twitter. okay. <laughs> ah, you see, I thought I was being really clever. <laughs> I thought, oh, this looks shiny. I can view nine things at once. Okay, I'm going to turn that off, and I'll maybe go back to the original. TweetDeck tweet deck can be very – I've used it for years. It can be very valuable, if, but you've got to figure it out. You've got to get oh. a system in place. Once you get it in place, otherwise, it's just a – yeah, it's a freaking nightmare, like um, Dan said. You know, it'll it'll send you off, you know. We don't need added confusion to your brain, <laughs> Nathan, when it comes to Twitter. So focus on one, one thing. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still on the, you know, the, it's hard enough to get the computer to switch on in the morning. You know, that, oh. um, but, yeah, thank you. That was Rob Kern saying we need to take, teach Nathan Twitter. Seriously, you may try. You will fail. I have tried and I have failed. <laughs> There's no way you're going to. I'm just too much of a Luddite when it comes to it. No, there'll, there'll be an epiphany moment. It'll be, I know when it'll be. It'll be as I'm as I'm just about to draw my last breath. I'll say, oh, I understand. <laughs> give me my, give me my phone. <laughs> That's right. Give me the phone. I want to tweet something. And then I'll go. 
blissfully off into the into the afterlife. Yeah, there we go. That's a bombshell. Right. Anyway, okay. So Facebook didn't affect any of us particularly, but apparently it affected the world. A lot Did of ire. See? Lots of people. Sorry, Dan. Go on. Did you see on that on the Facebook? Looking at the, um, uh, I think it was CNET reported. Um, they estimated that that cost Facebook sixty million dollars in revenue for that six hour outage. So we're saying that estimated value there is the ten million dollars an hour income from uh, uh, from facebook wow okay yeah That's yeah that, i mean that, to, to be honest with you that, those kind of numbers don't sort of surprise me for a company that big the the interesting thing which dan and i actually talked about a, a couple of days ago was was actually why it happened and let's not get into that because neither of us ended up understanding what happened but i'm curious that essentially one misconfigured setting could drive the whole thing and not even the Facebook staff could use their own internal tools, which, which oddly, you know, most companies don't use their own internal tools. They'll use another, you know, Microsoft Teams or Slack or something. Facebook's using their own tools. I wonder how many of them went on Twitter <laughs> to, to fix Facebook. <laughs> Quick, everybody over to Twitter. It's still up. And apparently Twitter were quite good at poking fun with a bunch mm -hmm. of tweets. The actual Twitter account uh, poked fun, which was quite fun. And the bigger and question is the Facebook people understand Twitter. You know, oh. confusing, you know, Nathan. Yeah, I get I get Facebook. That's the problem. I need to wean myself off Facebook and then understand Twitter. There'll be a there'll be a horrible no man's land period, but I'll get there in the end. Right. Okay. Moving on. Um did you so this is not really moving on because it's the same story essentially, but not only did Facebook go down, but the following day, um, Mr. Zuckerberg, there he is, looking ever so cheery. Um <laughs> He, uh, <laughs> that is that is him being that's, that. That was his that's most really, excited. I mean, a mannequin or something. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, the uh, honestly, we shouldn't go down this route. There'll be lawsuits. The um, but they not only did they go down, but there was um, a big whistleblowing story that blew up last week, where uh, a, a lady um, whose name was Frances Haugen, I believe, she testified before Congress. I'm really sorry, um, Bob, I don't understand the US uh, system, but Congress. I don't either. Oh, good. Okay. So Anymore, Congress, you know. big important Congress anyway. Um, she testified with them. And from everything that I saw, it was pretty damning in that it would appear that a lot of internal research that points to what can only be described as alarming conclusions about the impact of Facebook, especially younger users of Facebook, seems to be getting pushed to one side because there's an obvious profit conflict. And I'm sitting there watching all of this, and I'm really I didn't watch the actual conversation where she spoke to Congress. For me, it was more editorialized, three-minute, um, you know, where they coalesce the whole thing down into three minutes. I watched those. But it did seem as if there's more questions to be asked. And, you know, you've obviously, both of you decided to step back. I've been trying to step back. This just starts to close the lid more firmly than ever before, really. Yeah, I agree. It was it was pretty, yeah. It, it was one of those things I I went through some of it and read a bit of it, and it was like, whoa. You know, I'm mm -hmm. in this go, but yeah, it's, a, it's it's crazy stuff. Yeah, and Dan, obviously, you know, with your big orange heart on hat on, the the whole well being and 
yeah. really not 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 having things in your life which are going to cause you pain and suffering mm-hmm. it would appear that that is exactly what is behind some of the the products for certain users given certain situations yeah 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 unfortunately i think that the, but there were also questions raised about her her um knowledge in relation to her role within the company um so there's i just think there's just lots of clouds around all of this we're just I don't think we really ever get the the, the truth in in some of these matters, which mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, a very difficult yeah. conversation. I think these ones, yeah, yeah, lots of Facebook news this week. Anyway, so Sarah Gooding's piece, and then this one was um, was from The Verge. Uh, maybe you want to go and check that out. But uh, okay, so given that we now all have decided Facebook is something that we never want to use again, obviously go to WordPress. That's dead cool. We all love that. But uh, I didn't get a chance to read this, and I'm not therefore promoting it. But I did. I did come across something called Mirror. Uh, look at that! My browser's trying to get me to set up crypto wallets. How mm-hmm. curious is that? I've never yeah. seen that before. I'm going to make that go away right away. Um, publishing on Mirror is now open to all, and it says last December Mirror launched its first decentralized publishing protocol. Over the past year, we have also launched uh, economic blocks for crowdfunding, auctions, NFT editions, and splits, as well as governance as governance product. Mirror has evolved from a tool for writers to a full stack Web three creative suite for communities and DOA. More DAOs, sorry. More than ever, we believe that. Every creative project starts with a story. Our goal is to make Mirror the best place to share your journey with with the world and build a highly engaged community around it, powered by its world-class crypto-native tools. Honestly, Dan, I'm hoping that you've read this piece because I don't even get it. What what the heck is a decentralized publishing protocol? I'm really – it's really interesting timing, actually, and I'm glad that you brought this one up. Um, David Lockie over CMO at Angry Creative, a WooCommerce WordPress agency. Uh, I don't know if you saw, he's um, started – he's talking – doing. he's been doing a lot of talking about monetization of content within WordPress, and that's been on the forefront of a lot of his talks and, you know, around the blockchain, cryptocurrency, uh, and and, general monetization of our content. Uh, this week, he has announced uh, the web monetization for WordPress. Uh, if you head over to webmonetization.dev slash WordPress, um, starting off with a bunch of uh, um, uh, educational pieces, really, to help us start to be able to monetize our web content without having to... It, it's basically, this, it's all this web 3.0. You know, how do we come away from... This, this this horrible system that we've got at the moment where everything's reliant on ads and we're just bombarded with ads to generate income. And then you know, big companies are trawling our data to be able to service the correct ads, et cetera. So really interesting space. Um, you know, the use of blockchain uh, cryptocurrency to, to start to build out alternative ways for us to start monetizing our content. Um, I just thought it's a, it's a really interesting space to, uh, to be in at the moment. What was it? What uh, web um, monetization? Is that with a Z or an is, S? Uh, with a Z, yes. Oh, you yeah, see, yeah, there's the I problem. Mean, um, <laughs> oh, I still can't make it work. Oh, WordPress uh, monetization. I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you figure out the URL. Um, <laughs> and if you do, what I've just dropped in there for you? 
Oh yeah, you dropped in. Oh, you in the private chat. You've dropped in something about uh, Big Orange Heart. <laughs> You're advertising to me. Check you out monetizing your content in the private yeah. chat. <laughs> the well, that was private chat. Before. <laughs> yeah, it's not that private now, is it? Um, but okay, this is fascinating. So, although I don't know anything about it, it, just caught my attention. And when I see the words decentralized and publishing, something curious happens, and I, I have to at least bookmark it, and I'll, I'll come back to it. That's all I'm going to say. Now, this is cool. This is Dan's pick of the week. Um, like, just wait until you hear this. This is so cool. So let me put this back on the screen. I didn't know this was happening. Thankfully, Dan's here to school us all. Go on. Tell us what this is all really about. This is Cloudflare. This is Cloudflare massively disrupting um, a, a big part of our interest industry here. So S3, we all, we've all heard AWS, S3 storage, uh, incredible infrastructure. Here we are. We've gone from S3 to Cloudflare's R2. So uh, R2, if you've, um, it, it's, a, it's a storage solution. Um, they are basically looking to remove, uh, as you can see on there, the egregious fees in relation to, uh, you know, storage. I was looking at this, looking at the numbers, and if you are delivering, uh, let's say, 50 terabytes of data through your through your web application a month, uh, if you're on AWS S3, that 50 terabytes of data uh, on the, um, uh, what was this going to be? So this will be on your, your outbound data transfer, 50 terabytes a month. It's going to cost you about $4,500 on AWS S3. Right, drum roll. Go or two on. could cost you around ten dollars a month. Uh, what I mean, <laughs> that is bonkers reduction in. I mean, really, that's incredibly different. How do we go from four thousand dollars to ten dollars? Because my understanding was that AWS was always really cheap and affordable, and fifty terabytes—that's a lot of data. So that price seems. Have you any insight into how they're getting the fees down so low? Not a clue. No, not a clue. But they've they've come in not just with this announcement, but they're also. I mean, they're they're massively trying to disrupt some industries here. Uh, they've also announced uh, their WebRTC components, uh, so an API for WebRTC. So all of the stuff that we're looking at right now, in terms of kind of the live streaming, all of that, there's huge amounts of potential there. Uh, and they've also announced if you're not looking to you know to get involved with the API side, you've got the um the, what is now called their Stream Live service. Uh, this lot combined, it's just quite an incredible set of announcements uh, that have come out in quick succession from Cloudflare. So a lot of the things, so obviously data transfer is becoming incredibly cheap on the Cloudflare end, mm -hmm. but also things like live streaming, they've, they've decided that's a component where they want to actively be. So not just normal data transfer, you know, websites, assets, whatever it might be, but they also want to get involved in, well, transferring images and sound and i wonder if this is a push into more mainstream not just live streaming like this but you know tv uh netflix type uh, you know if you've got a, an op you want to release your own local tv channel or something this might be the way to do it and if the costs are that low that really feels amazing that's right yeah mm. yes. i don't know if you've got anything about that bob but if you do you know hi yeah it's a I, I don't know what to say. You know, anything I share is just nothing compared to this. It's like four thousand to ten dollars. I mean, yeah, it's um, if I ever have that much, you know, 
data that needs to be transferred, I'll be a happy person. Well, maybe I won't be happy because I have that much, but at least cost-wise, I would be. It's curious as well because Dan is right in the space where he is he is building for the WPLDN side of things. He's building a platform rather like this, um, you know, including the the sign-ups and the the chat and essentially this, mm-hmm. but he's doing it all with some open source software and their own in-house code and obviously one of the big things is the cost of transferring the data and this almost but brings it down to free for the amount of data that you know let's be honest a a wordpress event is not going to be like netflix you're not going to be doing terabytes of data and it brings it down to literally pennies which is remarkable absolutely Mm. okay so okay so the last item we've got for you today there there was dan with his fairly highbrow uh you know interesting thing about cloudflare this is from bob last time bob was on but (laughs) this is so good last time bob was on i can't remember what it was that you dropped you dropped some vocabulary that i've never heard i've made it my goal my appearances here are um, brought with a new word that you can use in your everyday language. And last last time it was spudling. Oh, and that was I'm it. Even, yeah. I'm not even going to tell people what that is because I expect them to go back into the archives and listen to the show and learn about it. But I found another one because they're all essentially around laziness and stuff, which is fun to talk about anyway. But I came across this one called Herkel-Durkling. <laughs> and it's a 19th century Scots. They use the word for someone who is lying in bed, lounging about long after it's time to get moving. So Herkel- I, these words are great because we're all probably experience this all the time. So, <laughs> you know, whether you'll actually be able to segue this kind of word into your vocabulary is another, you know, another thing going. But I thought it was great. You can just get on Twitter and say, you know, sorry, I was Herkel Zirkling and, you know, <laughs> here I am now. And people will think, Good Lord, what was, you know, what, what was he doing? So, you know, it, it, you get a good conversation going, if anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so a couple of things about this. Firstly, it sounds cool. There's just something about the, the, the like, like spuddling, the the sound of the words coming out of your mouth. It's just sublime, isn't it? Herkel Dirkling. is just, I don't know why, but it brings ducks to mind for some reason. I don't know. Um, but the sound is great. But also, I shall be able to use this because I have teenagers in my house. And uh, they Herkel what do they do? How does that work? Do they Herkel Durkle or, or are they Herkel Durklers? <laughs> <laughs> you go with whatever. Get up your Herkel Durkling again. I shall be using that. That's brilliant. And I love the fact that you've decided you've created a meme for yourself every time you come on the show. You're going to try and expand our vocabulary in, in that way. That's lovely. Okay. And on that bombshell, it's perfect timing. We've run over by just about 30 seconds. So we'll We'll stop there. Uh, thank you. Few few minutes, if you wish, Bob and Dan, if you just want to let us know where is the best place to find you or if you've got anything pressing that you want to share from this week in particular that's coming up. Let's start with you, Dan. Best way to find you? Uh, so best way to connect with me is across Big Orange Hearts uh, or anything social is forward slash Dan, maybe, M-A-B-Y, uh, bigorangeheart.org uh, for anything related to uh, well-being and mental health. Um, just one of, if you don't mind me quickly mentioning, uh, we did announce um, the last WPLDN last week that WordFest will be taking place again at 4th of March 2022, uh, but we'll actually be delivering two. So you can expect one on the 4th of March and one on the 9th of September 2022. 
Nice. So you got the dates. Say them again. What were the dates? March 4th yep. and September 9th. Okay. Put them in the diary. Are they roughly six months apart? They are almost exactly six oh, months apart. ideal. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Okay, great. And Bob, what about you? Um, you're into word WooCommerce, you know, WooCommerce builder, do the woo.io, uh, do the woo on Twitter. I'm Bob WP just about everywhere else. And yeah, I, I'd hoped when I came to this show that I would be sharing this, but just a heads up, uh, first part of November, we are doing a total rebrand and rebuild of the do the woo site, I have an agency doing Yes, we're using a page builder, but they're setting it all up, so I won't have to learn it as much. But um, yeah, it's a huge remake of it. A lot of stuff going on with that site. So um, be watching for that uh, first part of November. Fantastic. So yeah. Oh, it's a shame you didn't make the uh, the the yeah. cut. I, I suspect there was probably a large amount of Herkel Durkling going on. Yeah, there was. The, uh, there was. Yeah. Yeah, it was just paddling and you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. There was just wall to wall Herkel Durkling, and uh, it never got done. But that's great. Next time you come back on, you can touch. In fact, you can show us it next time you come back on, and we'll be able to we'll be able to look at it. So, thank you very much, uh, Dan. Maybe thank you very much, Bob. Can you give us give us a quick wave? Because I use this wave for the album art, and uh, there we go. That's perfect. Thank you very much indeed. I'm going to press stop. Join us next week. No, don't join us next week. We're not here. Yeah. We're doing the Page Builder Summit. Come back in a few weeks' time, and we'll have a show for you. Until then. Take it easy. Bye.